Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. <laughs> okay, uh, welcome to Cavs of Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I am here with Evil Genius. I'll just I'll just say your name for you. And yeah, that's good. You always say it better than me, anyways. What? You always say it better than me, anyway. <laughs> long time CTB commenter and uh, sometimes emailer, and the guy who hooked me up with a deli T-shirt or a deli jersey, I- an Australia deli yep. jersey. So, uh, Simo, welcome to your first Cavs the podcast. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you on, coming all the way from Perth, Australia. Oh, Perth, Australia, right. on the Indian Ocean. So, that's that's good day, mates. <laughs> good day, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm super sorry we, excited. Sorry we don't have it. a minute work queue to, to lead you in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Nate said, I know how you guys operate. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. little, little ACDC to work you in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, um, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we This is the first podcast in a while where we're not recapping a game, so it's it's going to be a little, little bit different. Um, I know EG and I been talking it's been a little easier to roll the recaps into the the podcast it kind of kills two birds with one stone so yeah and and the content content is an evil the mistress. brain power yeah <laughs> yeah content is an evil mistress and it's hard to keep feeding the beast so uh but it's it's great to have you guys um I'll, I'll, so how long have you been following Cavs a blog simo uh, since i lived in cleveland which was back in 2014 okay uh, was- so for a good five years nice yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we landed uh, as I think I said on. I did a five on five with EG. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I sort of touched on what how it all started, and we were um, we were living in a in an apartment there, and we had a cable guy come to uh, to fix up our our settings, and he he recognized our accents and said, "Oh, there's an Australian player playing for the Cavs." And I had no idea. Oh, okay. uh, so I did my way in, um, uh, and from there it's yeah, it's really yeah, I found. A few different blogs, but uh, CTB just brought the good stuff on a regular basis. <laughs> Another assist from Delhi. Another assist. Uh, yes. Well, we know it wasn't a three pointer. So, <laughs> <laughs> ouch. Hey, he might have I, been back back then. He was much better at the yeah, three back then. He, as as uh, as Ben said, uh, sometimes when you change forms, it is hard. It's hard when you do a radical form change to get your consistency down. It, it's still, it's still a work in progress for him and for Colin Sexton. So, although Sexton is shooting better than Delhi, but not by much. So, it's, and they both monkeyed with their shot a little bit. And it, well, Delhi did not a lot, for the, not for the good. Yeah, Delhi did a lot, and I felt like Sexton tried to increase his range, and it, it looks better, but it doesn't go in as much. So, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I had a, I've, I've got a ton of questions. So were you a Delhi fan before you started following the Cavs or? Uh, I'd, I'd say it happened all at the same time. Oh, okay. It was okay. Yeah. Because he kind of didn't join the Australian national team until then really either. Yeah. Right. Like it was pretty simultaneous. That's right. Once he got a profile in the NBA, uh, then that's how, that's how people are kind of introduced to, uh, to the NBA in Australia. It's because okay. there's a player who's, who's somehow been drafted to a popular team or has played really well. And right. suddenly they're all over the newscasts here. Um, well, so Bogut was probably the same way too, right? Yeah. Absolutely. When he was playing for Golden State. Yeah. That's right. So who's the most popular Aussie, uh, NBA or is it Bogut? It's no, I wouldn't say so. Um, wouldn't say Baines either. I would actually say, well, you'd be surprised. You'd think that it'd be Ben Simmons. I know he's not huge in, in the States, but you'd, you'd expect oh, a bit he's of pro- huge in the States. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's very well known, but uh, I'd say he hasn't done himself any favors over here by not playing for the national team. And yeah. if you do, you're popular. And it, particularly if you take time away from your pro team, whatever the sport is, and I know the contracts get in the way of that somewhat. Uh, you are considered to be insanely great, um, but he doesn't appear to be interested. So until he uh, really does something big in the NBA, like, you know, finals activity, um, I don't think he's going to be hugely popular. I would say Patty Mills is probably Patty the Mills most. Patty Mills is number one. I didn't think of oh, Patty Mills, but that's yeah. That's true because Patty was really, he was really like hardcore on the, on the, on the national team, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. And <laughs> had some huge moments for the Spurs too in, yep. in championship moments. And yeah, so, I think if you're a if you're a good shooter and you're you're integral playmaker, um, you're going to be popular. Unfortunately, players like Delhi, um, you know, as as playmakers, you don't really get noticed. And if you're a, if you're a splashy shooter, you do get noticed. I think that's somehow sometimes the way oh, it goes. Well, what's his name for Utah? Must be Joe Ingles. too, right? Joe Ingles. He is, he is his star has has gone up in a big way the last couple of years. Um, you know that gregarious attitude as well. He's he's a bit of a a joker, um, and that yeah. comes across. See, in, not just off the court, but on the court, uh, you can see it. So, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty popular. Well, it's pretty. Mm. It's kind of interesting because there was a theory that you know Utah brought Joe Ingles over to make Dante Exum more comfortable, um, and <laughs> Joe Ingles has been the kind of the star that stayed, and um, Dante Exum, his star definitely faded for Utah. Um, it, have you watched Exum much for Utah or for international play? Not, not since his rookie year. Okay. So, yeah, you, so you're probably in the same boat as the rest of us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I watched him when the Cavs play him, but yeah, it, I, I've been impressed in the two games I've watched him so far. Um, defensively, he's very alert, uh, really good at kind of tracking down the loose balls. Um, he's a good driver, um, longer than I I guess I always knew he was long, but he, he doesn't, he's not skinny like he was when he first came in the league. So, um, I feel like there's definitely some upside there. Um, EG, what have you th- thought of him the last couple games? Well, I've been impressed like you were, uh, I think last night especially. I mean, that first game was sort of like, I mean, he didn't miss a shot, but he only took three. Yeah. And then last night it felt like, you know, he missed a few shots, but he, he took some, some harder, some more difficult shots and, you could tell that he had a good first step. Um, it seemed like he, he's he's crafty around the basket. He's got you know the, he had that up and under move that he that he pulled and a bit of a fake. So you know, I like it. I like that he's got um, 
it seems like he's got a good baseline game for a for a taller guard too, which is nice because he certainly seems like he can post guys up down there too, which would also feed into that Livingston comparison that Ben made in the. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really nice comparison. I was like, oh, yeah. that's a good, you know, best case can maybe not best case scenario comp, but like if things yeah. work out well, a, a more athletic. Uh, maybe a stronger Sean Livingston is is. I mean, Livingston had a few inches on him. I think yeah. was, Sean was like six seven. I think. But. Yeah, but he's also super skinny. Where Exum probably has a little more meat on his bones. Yeah, yeah, and Exum looks a little taller out there. Just be, maybe just because the the other guards that he's around on the Cavs are, yeah. you know, <laughs> tiny. So yeah. so diminutive. But yeah. um, I've also but yeah, like, I, he looks. Oh, it's, I mean, so far I mean, it's two games in. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think. But, he it's a flyer that's worth taking because they've, I mean, you know, I, I personally, I, I think they could have waited until the the trade deadline and got a bit more for for Clarkson because I think having a guy off the bench who can score like that. I mean, you, we've seen it already just in a couple of games with Utah, how big he's been for them. I mean, you can't underrate scoring off the bench in this league. So, yeah, it, it really, the NBA is, is so bizarre sometimes because you've got some teams that trade for a guy based on reputation and then you've got some teams that'll trade for a guy based on how they're playing now and i feel like jordan clarkson is a guy with a bad reputation who we've watched over the last year and a half really found a role and really made the most of that role um but the other side of that being when he was with Cleveland in the playoffs, he was abysmal. Like we all said, you know, he probably had the worst finals of any player in history. Um, so it's, it's a complicated legacy for sure. But I mean, if you can carve out a bench role for a guy, I mean, right now in the NBA, you can run an entire bench offense around him, just him and isolations. He's in the 90th percentile, above 90th percentile in isolations in the NBA, which is, is, pretty impressive i think um, it's hard to judge a guy based on who's really he's only 26 yeah and he's and he's only had the one playoff series or the yeah, one oh, playoff run you know to have that that i mean because he obviously didn't go with the with the lakers because they were terrible yeah. and after lebron left the obviously the Cavs weren't going back to the playoffs so yeah and that was such a weird year and there was so much pressure on all those guys yeah um, he may be. I mean, look what happened to Rodney Hood in last year. I, I was there. I saw it firsthand. The way he helped carry Portland in that in that Denver series. I mean, they they uh, guys become different guys in in different systems when they have a. Sometimes it's about the coach that knows how to u- utilize them, or you know the, the level of comfort. A consistent role. Sometimes it's just about maturity. Totally. You know, and, and sometimes it's about whether or not you can stay healthy, and I think that's the biggest question mark with Exum. That he, you know, I, I heard a lot. I didn't ever, I didn't ever watch him a lot in, uh, you know, in the. I I, I can't remember well, where we went. We don't to college, go out but, of our way to watch Utah games, and he didn't play. In well, no, I meant before that because I knew there were a lot. Of, there was a lot of hype on him. I mean, I know yeah. for a minute there was. So I remember this is back in twenty what thirteen fourteen when they. I think I think Kobe was talking about him and and yeah, saying what a, he's been in the league five years. Yeah, but that he had a lot of hype around him, and I think he was even in the conversation maybe for the the first overall pick that That's year right. because um, it wasn't a particularly strong class if that was if I'm remembering, or maybe it was was that the Anthony Davis class and he was like the in conversation for the number two or three pick, and then 
Yeah, he was definitely uh, actually, up I there. I think it may have been. I think it was the gumdrop bear draft. Was it? Was it? Well, no, it was Andrew go. Wiggins. It was the Andrew Wiggins draft. Oh, the yeah, Wiggins so. draft. Okay. Yeah, he was up against Wiggins. Yeah, yeah but so still, I mean, Wiggins, Parker, there was that, and then Embiid yeah. was the big wild card, and then Aaron yeah. Gordon and Exum was number five. So, right. I just remember some some journalist uh, uh, comparing him or his potential to Kobe Bryant, which I think put a huge amount of, of undue pressure on the kid's shoulders. Yeah, it might yeah. have been Kevin Pelton or John Giovanni, one of these big draft guys. And, yeah, I remember that. And it was like, yeah, that's a that's a lot of pressure, especially mm-hmm. when you go to a, a a place starved for a star like Utah. Although I've heard. Well, and especially when you're when you really don't have much of a jump shot to speak of. No, I mean, it's yeah. unfair to compare anybody to Kobe Bryant, <laughs> let alone a guy who's. Yeah, mechanics exactly. aren't necessarily all that great. That, so. that prediction didn't work out. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. But I mean, he's still young. He's uh, look if he could be if he could be Sean Livingston, that'd be huge. Oh yeah, yeah. And I I definitely think he has all the makings of a bench guard that can play you know six seven more years in the NBA. Um, yeah. and and who knows? Uh, if you stay healthy and you can get reps, uh. The Cavs have a whole, you know, season and a half to figure out if he can give them anything. So, and he's got a real reasonable contract number. Um, the real nice thing is it gives the Cavs, uh, about four or five million to operate or around five million to operate under the cap or under the luxury tax. So they can, they've got a little more breathing room. And I guess that was part of the reason they didn't really want to sign a 15th guy. Which there's been some injury nights this season where we all thought, hey, uh, they could probably really use a 15th guy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when they were real thin on bigs early in the season. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Exum can bring. I, I really like his defensive instincts from everything I've seen so far. I mean, he's picked up, I want to say four steals in like 30 minutes, uh, in the last two games, which is, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, he's got, like, again, yeah, he's got good length for, for, uh, uh, guard i mean whether you want to call him a point guard or a combo guard yeah and um you know it's 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 a good change up from from the starters at least the starters for right now um you yeah. know depending on what what beeline winds up doing with with sexton if if it if he continues to start or if he's heading for a clarkson type role which would seem to make sense because i mean Clearly, that's that's his game right now is that that mid range, you know, that that mid range game where he can sometimes kind of score at will um, when he's not trying to go one on three and get his shot blocked yeah. five times a game. I'm, but I'm if amazed he, can, he shoots as high as a percentage as he does with as many times as his shot is blocked. <laughs> it's really it is kind of impressive. In well, a way. but even if ha- half the time a shot gets blocked, the other half the time. You yeah. know, he's making layups or or floaters or mid range. Yeah, no, he's but, become a much better finisher this year. That's for sure. Yeah, but so, look, if 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 he does wind up being that guy, then maybe he'll have time to more time to work on his three point shot and get that back where it, where it was towards the the second half of last year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, Darius Garland's definitely been freed up to take the open three more and he's thinking about it less, which is good because you could tell early in the season, it was all mental. Um, yeah. And had an awesome, had a really nice game against Minnesota. I mean, basically won the game down the stretch. Really uh, did. Had the three or four biggest plays right down the stretch. And 
I mean, what we all admitted, I don't know if you read uh, uh, Jude slash Ryan's um, comments on last night, um, but he was like, basically, man, what an ugly basketball game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how we were all there. The, we watched it. It was, yeah, it was painful. It was painful. I mean, honestly, it was fun to see him compete and fun to see a competitive basketball game, but yeah, it was... It was not a good product, and and I think we all agreed that was some of the worst officiating. I mean, that was just a. It wasn't even just bad officiating; it was just a terrible crew. Like, you felt like you were getting the NBA's, you know, tenth best officiating crew. <laughs> yeah, which it probably was. Well, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of games in action last night too. So they just didn't seem to care. Like, like it. Re- I think I put it one point. They just started. Swallowing their whistles like so much uh, post-holiday Alka-Seltzer. Like they were, <laughs> that was just, a good line. they were just that one. Yeah, made I mean, me they laugh were, out loud. You had a couple yeah. laugh out loud lines in the last recap. Yeah, I had. I was, you know, I was tired. So <laughs> when I'm tired, I I tend to just put in like quips that I wouldn't normally. So <laughs> one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I I I liked my. These kids aren't old enough to shave. <laughs> no, I put it in there. I put oh, I know. I saw it. Yes, thank you. And, that was good. Uh, it was a good comeback. And and Ryan, I have to give Ryan credit. I stole his uh, uh, joke about President Stevens uh, vetoing the charge call in the Boston game. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I put I put him into. Yeah. I had to find a new. I had to find a new this guy picture because the old one uh, is like takes me to a site where my computer's not secure anymore. Oh. And I'm like, well, that can't happen anymore. So. Yeah, I think there's probably some sitting in the images uh so probably we'll to, yeah i'll go through it anyway yeah. so yeah this is this is blog talk <laughs> with and eg no you don't have to apologize so simo do you get to watch every game or do you watch most of the games i'd say i'm in a very very lucky position at the moment uh much like i was when i lived in cleveland and that i'm a stay-at-home dad at the moment okay um so the, the games are usually on here in the morning um, okay. They'd start around about you know between eight and, and nine a.m., which oh is usually that is the best. T- oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is like morning coffee, breakfast, catch a Cavs game, maybe uh, read your news at the same time. Yeah, that's that is ideal. It, it would be awesome if I didn't have uh, one or two children running interference. Uh, well, that's also so, true. <laughs> so the the game is usually on in the background if I remember that it's on. Um, I usually get to watch. I'd probably say. Yeah, anywhere between sixty and eighty percent of all the plays. Uh, but generally, yeah, there's there's nappy changes, there's six year old tantrums, there's there's all sorts of stuff happening in the background. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm a little bit jealous. I was saying to Ryan by email uh, a few weeks back. I was a bit jealous of uh, of everyone over there. You guys are probably kicking back, and having a having a beer, or I don't know. Eg, it's probably a bit earlier in the day for you. You probably yeah. Something. <laughs> but uh, it's usually early for me. But it's nice yeah, when but, there's games like last night where it's like that's a five o'clock start for me. Yeah. Yep. That's I, nice. I, I missed uh, I missed the Boston game completely because uh, because of its time slot. Uh, oh right, because oh, that yeah. would have been like like it's what a, four a.m. your time or something like that, right? Or five. Yeah. Which uh, which is sorry to talk about football, Nate, but uh, the Browns are usually on about that same, that time as well. So I miss all those games. Oh yeah. okay. So yeah, you not only, anymore. You only get the primetime <laughs> games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'll exactly. be honest yeah. with you. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> Yeah. Not this. No, you no. didn't miss much this season. I, it, it I, I heard highly. <laughs> so, did you just get into the Cavs when you lived here? Uh, yeah. The Cavs and the Browns. Nice. Yeah, very much so. I was, I was always a fan of basketball, um, NBA since way back. Look, you, you guys probably are aware of 
the effect that Jordan had on the game in the oh, 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Very much international. And that first uh, dream team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think a long way. He was, he was a Bulls, Bulls Aussie member, right? Who was that? Luke Longley. He was a yeah. big uh, Aussie center. Yeah, he was the, the Bulls back in the back in the day with Jordan. That probably opened things up a lot. It, it did. So it was Luke Longley, and then it was uh, a guy called Andrew Gaze. I don't know if you guys were familiar sure, with. I do not remember him. Who did he play for? Remember Andrew Gaze? Yeah, uh, got some time with the Bullets. Uh, not a lot of time. Um, he was probably he's probably considered Australia's best basketballer. Um, but you know, because he, uh, he was being, or he was the focus of Australia's attention when he got into the NBA. So everybody was you know, crushed when he didn't quite succeed in the way everybody wanted him to. He had a second stint later on with the Spurs. I think that was their first championship year, okay. but that was a theme. So he didn't, he didn't get to play very many minutes at all. I think he had Steve Kerr and, and all those guys on the team. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he kind of came back here, and I think he's coaching one of the NBL teams now. He's um, still very much considered basketball royalty, but it was him and, and Luke Longley. He's really, not coaching yeah. uh, uh, the Ball Kids team, is he? Uh, which team is that? Oh, um, hold on. Sydney oh, King? oh La- La- Lamella Ball? Yeah. Oh, oh the Ball. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I- he plays for, <laughs> is it Illawarra Hawks of the NBL? Yeah, no, so Gaze coaches the Sydney Kings. Okay. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, the ball kids. I'm, I haven't even followed which team they're on. To be yeah, honest. Yeah. Well, he's on. He's on the Illawarra Hawks, and the NBL uh-huh. is kind of setting himself up, setting itself up as a, an alternative to the G League and to college. You know, we've seen a couple players go over there in the last two years, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. Um, I think the big thing is, is you know, I think a lot of players have more comfort yeah. in the fact that everybody speaks English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're free range Americans. That's uh, how we like to think of it. <laughs> well, and the other <laughs> part of it is, is there's a lot of NBA players or former NBA players that play in that league. Yeah, um, that's right. I'm not sure how the money compares to like China or places like that, but you're right. The comfort of, um, of, uh, you know, a, inverted commas, Western country must, must, uh, yeah, must make it a bit easier for them. Yeah, and yeah, and a lot of NBA players, so you are getting, you know, there's, they can tell you, there's an NBA culture that I'm sure is carried over there a little bit, so it should be interesting. Do you watch much NBL? I used to back in the day. I spent a lot of time um, through my, my college days down in the island of Tasmania. Oh, nice. Um, and that's when I, I was really into the NBL back then. The Hobart, which is the capital of Tasmania, had um, a team. Uh, they had a team. <laughs> uh, it was the the Hobart Devils, uh, named after the Tasmanian Devils. And they, they were they were okay. They would they would push to try to get in the playoffs every year and, and just kind of miss. So uh, you know we had that kind of losing mentality that uh, that lots of other places have. <laughs> I, I can see why you uh, gravitated, why Cleveland resonated uh, for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we, uh, we 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 knew how to do it tough. Um, That's awesome. So. Uh, yeah, but they they ended up folding. Uh, so I kind of uh, drifted away from the sport a little bit, a little bit uh, disenfranchised by the the failure okay. of that club. Yeah. Do you uh, do you find places to uh, like Browns backers over there at all? Like places or not or Cavs, uh, other Cavs fans that you can go watch games with in in pubs or anything like that? Or not really. I, I don't think there's that much focus on um, on American Cleveland. 
Um, there's probably NBA fan clubs around, but um, you know they they generally go for the um, you know the, the popular teams. You know, um, LA Lakers, Boston Celtics. Okay, it's not even like, Cleveland when LeBron was there. Uh, he yeah, they they definitely. I've actually seen a few Cleveland jerseys around in Perth, which is uh, <laughs> nice. Highly good to number twenty three joining and getting the championship. But uh, I have to say, I had some friends who uh, lived in uh, the apartment across the uh, the hall when we lived in Cleveland. They sent me a uh, an NBA championship cap. Oh, that's uh, fantastic! So nice. no one has that kind of bling over here, so I, I wear it proudly. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Cavaliers caps, um, Nate, after, I didn't tell you about this, but um, so I've been I, I I haven't really revealed where I've been, but I've actually been in the in the Middle East, in the, the United Arab Emirates, and um, the we were I was in I was in Dubai, and I I saw a guy in a mall with a with a Cavs like a Cavs 2016 hat on, oh. and I was like, <laughs> it's was completely it was a completely random sight, and I just That's looked at the awesome. guy, and I said I said I said go Cavs, and he looked at me and he like I was from another <laughs> planet. He, I don't think he even re- realized he was wearing the hat. And then he, it took him a second, and he, we were on an escalator. I was on an escalator going down, and he was coming up. And then I hear from behind me, like, oh, go Cavs! You know, like like it was one of those, like, delayed reaction things. But That's awesome. Really, uh, that is funny. awesome. The, the, sh- the fabric that ties us all together. It was funny. My wife and I were in a, uh, a, bowling, sh- or a bowling pro shop. Uh, a couple weeks ago because we bowl like every other weekend and uh i w- i hooked up uh a couple of the people on my bowling team they didn't have their own ball so i got them a used ball each and uh cuz cuz i'm nice but i'm cheap <laughs> <laughs> um and uh we were having them drill them out and they had a 2016 Cavs uh championship ball buffer <laughs> oh, nice! You know, like uh, John Turturro uses in uh, sure. Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wow, that is fantastic!" So, I think next time I go there, I got to pick it up because it. I, I've like, I sent a picture to Tom. I'll send a picture to you guys. It's it's pretty fantastic. So that's awesome. I mean, what a random like piece of Cavs swag, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, ball buffer. You get to watch most of them. Is it League Pass, or how does that uh, work? Or is it it was League Pass for uh, for about three years or so, and so it, it worked pretty well. But it is pretty expensive. Um, so I yeah, I wasn't sure how many games I was going to watch while while Cleveland was sort of going through their reboot. <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't but, I wasn't planning on investing in in uh, League Pass, but uh, yeah, to be honest, I've actually found uh, a lot of uh, I guess you'd term than illegal streams uh, <laughs> on the internet that uh, it's uh, the, the quality is patchy though for example yesterday's oh, yeah. no yesterday I... it was an awful game was it was a terrible feat as well so if you can imagine me watching this awful game looking after <laughs> two kids and having to get up every five minutes to to reload the page nice. uh, it was it was an exercise in uh, in frustration nice <laughs> well i i will we'll just call them alternatively sourced nba content <laughs> Yeah, free range go with the free range free range there you go there you go yeah it's it's kind of amazing how international dnb or basketball has become i mean a lot of people i mean is the num is it the number two international sport after soccer or football do you guys uh, like english league 
Do you mean? Uh, no, no, no. Just in general, basketball in general. It, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, you've got you've got uh, obviously cricket and, and AFL. Well, Australian yeah, that's rule. true, right? Yeah, that that takes up the and majority then you've got, of it. And track and field. Yeah, yeah I think uh, come come Olympic time, track and field takes right off. But yeah. um, the day to day consumer would would probably watch. Um, I would say they'd probably be more focused on the NBL um and then okay. the nba in the background so it's a okay. it's still an exotic product um over here that not everybody's plugged into it is also not on free-to-air television uh, we still have quite a few free channels here in australia that you don't have to pay for but you do not get nba through there so you'd have to have cable or, or satellite um as a, as a premium product um right. which not everybody has of course which makes it hard to get into so yeah. what's the number one sport there is it australian rules is it cricket australian rules uh, Summertime, you've really only got cricket to watch. That's that's it. <laughs> uh, winter, you've got uh, the AFL, which is huge, and that's that's truly the national sport. Okay. There is rugby, um, but that is a little bit more of the eastern states. You know, okay. Queensland, Wales get into rugby in a big way. Right. Uh, Victoria, less so. Victor- Victoria in the southeast is considered the home of Australian rules football, uh, and that's where they have the grand I, final. I league. actually love love watching. Australian rules. The problem is, is I can't understand it at all, and I can never find <laughs> it on TV. But it's it's fantastic to watch. It is a very it's a very um, TV friendly f- sport. Yeah, and they've they've gotten better at broadcasting and you know finding the right camera angles um, to to really bring the, the game into the living room. So they they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have you if you get get any websites for watching. Uh, Aussie rules, uh, definitely, uh, send them our way. I will. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause that, 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 that might be the new sport I got to get into because I'm, I'm, uh, I, I need a summer sport cause the tribe What's is the big, uh, Perth too depressing. Team? Huh? Is there a Perth uh, there's, team? Yeah, there's two teams in the West. Um, they've expanded. <clears throat> the first uh, team to take off was about, oh, was 20 years ago. And that's called the West Coast Eagles. They didn't call themselves Perth. They uh, mm. they wanted to be, to own the entire West, uh, right. like Golden State. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, so they won a few they won a few championships, uh, and then much to their uh, disappointment, um, a, a city of Fremantle over here, which is just south of Perth, also got the nod to uh, to start up an AFL team. That's the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, who are still searching for their first championship, but they're pretty competitive. So uh, everybody the, the, everybody that lives over here um, has two teams, and their favorite team is the one who's winning the most. Right. <laughs> that's the way people are here too, so yeah. it's not, that's no different. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that outdoors or is it in an indoor arena? Uh, it's, yeah, it's outdoors. I mean, it's... Okay. Uh, yeah, huge, huge arenas. The and there's, yeah, they're not um, they're not enclosed. Okay, and that's uh, why you play in the winter because the summer is so swelteringly <laughs> hot. Yeah, yeah, I that would be yeah. You guys had a brutal heat wave. What was it, about a week and a half ago? Yeah, a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, they they do expect to have at least a week or ten days of of days that are above. Uh, what is it? Forty degrees Celsius, which is what for you? One hundred and one hundred and ten wow. thereabouts. Um, yeah. The good and thing you about guys, Perth- by being by the ocean are probably cooler than you know twenty thirty miles inland. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 brutal uh, away from the coast. So, yeah, in West- you don't have fires. Like- you don't have fires though, like they have like like they've had in Sydney though, right? 
Uh, we don't at the moment. We we can get hit, um, but there, there's a distinct lack of forest in in Western Australia, uh, right. and particularly around uh, where where the big cities are. So, um, yeah, Southwest is a bit a bit more different. That's a very fertile area, um, but yeah, the the fires out east and, and in South Australia are, are brutal, um, and they're the worst this year that they've ever been. You, you guys have probably seen the oh yeah, the burning. So yeah, it's bad news. Yeah, and just the unbelievable smog in Sydney and from all the fires. Yeah, yeah. There's a debate raging at the moment with the uh, the 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 uh, city mayor. Um, there's a lot of pressure coming from the public to cancel the New Year's Eve fireworks, which over the Sydney Harbour is the the iconic fireworks show. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, there's so much smoke around still, and and you know just generally it's considered maybe maybe poor form to continue with uh, you know a, a display of explosives. <laughs> at such a time so uh, we'll see what happens yeah it's uh yeah i mean i feel like and ohio not so much but definitely alaska where i grew up and where i try to visit every summer and you know california uh where where eg's from and um and and australia they definitely a shared thread of being very impacted by climate change in the last uh you know three four years so uh, hope, hopeful, hoping for relief for all those places. And whereas in Ohio, all it did all day was rain today. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, although it is the non-snowiest winter that I can remember since I've moved here, I think we've only gotten like I, I would say probably less than a half inch of snow so far. But we, but we rained quite a bit here today. So yeah, it's and, early yet. Early days yet. Yeah, and this has been another talk with uh, with Nate and <laughs> yeah, Simone. exactly. Let's talk, let's move, let's do some Cavs talk. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we talked about um, was you know last podcast we did Cavalier Christmas presents. Uh, this year, this uh, Cavs talk, I think um, we're gonna do uh, some Cavalier New Year's resolutions. So, um. E.G., so who, what do you think that uh, Tristan Thompson's New Year's resolution should be? Let's just start with the guy that I think is kind of the, def- the leader of the Cavs team at this point, uh, Tristan Thompson. What's his New Year's resolution? His New Year's resolution has to be uh, to... Uh, keep uh, it basketball-related. <laughs> I am. I am. I think, I think his New Year's resolution should be to... Uh, probably find a common interest with Colin Sexton that they can have off the floor so that that they can he can maybe get through to the rookie the second year player and figure out how to get him to pass him pass him the ball more at at the appropriate times. Because I've I've noticed that, that he's he's been giving a ball to him more, but usually it's when Tristan's not expecting it or when he really shouldn't be, when he should just be taking a shot. Yeah, so, or when the entire defense is expecting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That Minnesota game, I've never seen the Cavs had a had game with more failed lobs. They tried bad. seven or eight times to throw that lob pass, and it just was picked off every time. I felt like Delhi had that one in the in the first quarter and then they had to, everybody else had to get theirs and it just wasn't working. But yeah, some chemistry with TT would certainly... Well, as a team leader, at least for now, I mean, until further notice, that seems to be the thing he, rather than just give, give the kid glares and, you know, and, and shout at him or throw his hands up, like 
take the kid, take him aside and, you know, really try to figure out what makes him tick and, you know, see if there's a way to see if there's a way to get through to him. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Chris Fedor today from I like typically look at Chris Fedor tweets. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was talking about how a Tristan Thompson trade for the Cavs would kind of be a disaster because and I think the intimation was that, you know, Tristan Thompson really is the leader of this team He's definitely the most vocal, you know, off the court and on the court. Um, and I definitely feel like Larry Nance Jr. And in some respects, Kevin Love take their cues from Tristan Thompson, which, you know, those three guys and Delhi probably really are the leaders. So everybody's probably taking their cues from Tristan Thompson. And, and I, I kind of think that's where that, um, Chris Fedor, uh, tweet was coming from. So my New Year's resolution for Tristan Thompson is to, stop dribbling so much because I feel like the last 10 games or so, especially it's like, he's just putting the ball on the floor too much, trying to get into that jump hook. And I, it's probably a frustration level from not getting the ball when he's rolling or cutting and do that less and move without the ball more. So that that's my new year's resolution for TT. So Simo, you got a new year's resolution for TT. Oh, really? I'd look, uh, the, I've seen him launch a couple of Hail Marys from the full court this year. Um, I'm not sure if it's been his fault that he's ended up in that position, but uh, I, I would I would hope that he'd uh, practice his full court shot because I don't think he's about to develop a three-point shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as EG has noted, he is technically leading the Cavs in three-point shooting. Yeah. Uh, what did you say his three-point one for two. was? He's 50%, man. No, he's got more than one for two. Tristan Thompson, three point percentage, forty three percent. Okay. Um, he, I think he's like. Now I was look. he like like three for five or something. Um, let, I'm looking. Hold on, three for seven. <laughs> three for seven. Okay. And two of them were in that Philly game. That's true. That where uh, Embiid or uh, not Embiid, uh, Simmons was basically daring him to shoot. Okay. Um, let's go, Chetty Osman. Uh, Simo, back to you. New Year's resolution for Chetty Osman. Gee, I, I think it'd be the same for several of the Cavs players. Um, now, I've, I've, I've missed I missed the Boston game. I didn't see how he played there, but the amount of turnovers that occurred, uh, and Chetty was, was guilty of them as well, he just seemed to not... He wasn't, uh, he wasn't balanced, he wasn't patient, and he was just kind of stumbling into... Um, the opposition players, um, which resulted in in you know several several turnovers from him. So I, I would just say, news resolution: calm down a little bit, um, take your time, um, get get a little yeah. more centered, have a little more yeah. that that Jedi focus. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I'm going to go the other way. I think I think for my New Year's resolution for Jetty, I think he actually needs to be have a, get a little bit of an edge to him. He just seems like too nice of a guy. He doesn't he doesn't demand the ball. He doesn't he, he just seems okay with them not really running the offense through him when that's really what they should be doing more often. I think I think like like with anything in life, the squeaky wheel gets greased. Like I think you gotta be more vocal out there. You gotta be more assertive. And 
you know, like I say, sometimes he's guilty of trying to do too much, but it's usually he. It's usually because he doesn't really sure what he's doing in the, with the ball or what he's going to do next. I, so you, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Like I feel like, you know, part of getting centered and getting and being more aggressive is getting in a rhythm, and he needs to get in a rhythm and demand his touches, like you're saying, and. Because my opinion, he's the best point guard option on the team. You know, he's the only one that can kind of do everything required of a point guard right yeah. now. So, yeah. uh, you know, demand to get the ball in your hands more, be more aggressive, uh, but also be centered and do what you can do and do what the the offense and the defense dictates when you do get the ball. So, well, we've back, solved. Back. Wow, we've solved two guys already. So, yeah. Back. When he first started, I remember him in an interview describing himself as cold-blooded. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see that. that that's yeah. his resolution. Where's, Be, yeah, where's that at? Let's see yeah. that. Yeah, and I think he really misses playing with LeBron James. Like, he's a guy – a lot of people have said that he's kind of a guy that really feeds off the energy of the rest of the team. So when the energy is low, he's kind of low. So, yeah, I'm, he's got to start bringing some of his own energy. Uh, what about uh, Darius Garland, uh, E.G.? I know. What's your take on e- Darius Garland? Do you love him? Do you hate him? Oh, I don't hate him. I, I don't know how you could hate anybody. Well, that's like, true. It's, yeah. no. it's been, well, especially somebody who's been in the league for all of, what, five weeks now? Yeah, that's Six true. weeks? Like, he's been in the league six weeks. He only played five games in college, or not even. Like, I don't know. I I give the kid a break. I, I get it. I get it. He's he's vertically challenged. He's six foot one. He's he's skinny because he's still a teenager. He's what night? He's only nineteen. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to like about him. I think. And one of those things may not ever be defense, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. there's plenty of plenty of guards out there in the NBA that that are on teams, either championship teams or teams with championship aspirations, that. Defense isn't really their thing, but if they can focus on those other things in their game, they can help offset that for the for the teams they're on. I I, I feel like sometimes we put such an onus on everybody has to be, you know, a great fundamental defender when that's just not what the game is anymore. This isn't the this isn't the the sixties or the eighties or even the even the nineties. Like it's just and then, and granted, there should probably be more of a focus on defense, but there just isn't. So there's room for guys like this who are uber talented. They have a, that have a very good, like a, a, just a, a natural shot like he does. And he's, he's been showing out. I think feel like over the last few games, he's definitely shown a lot more confidence. He's shown, you know, more ability to get the ball to his teammates. Uh, I thought that pass he made to, to um, Henson yeah. in the in the lane was spectacular. So oh, he had some beautiful passes last game. How about that behind the back oh, court pass to Chetty? Terrific! It's yeah. terrific. I mean, I, I'm never a big fan of, of of point guards throwing behind the back passes, uh, except when it's Steph Curry playing against the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, but um, but, but that was uh, kind of an appropriate play because he was trying to it get it down. Completely inappropriate. Quickly. He was yeah, get the get it down the floor, keep the break going. The Cavs don't do enough of that. Like, I'd love to see, I mean, as a New Year's resolution, I'd love to see him really focus on getting the break going, you know, and, yeah. and not the way that Sexton does with his legs and just being able to dribble the ball down the, the court faster than anybody else. But this idea of, like, smart passes, 
you know, pinpoint passes. This that's a guy who Garland's a guy who really would have benefited from having been on a team with LeBron James because I think that I think he would have been more of a sponge when it comes to finding interesting angles to get the ball to people. And I think he'll continue to improve in doing that. But, um, you know, there's just not a lot of guys on the team that are that are super gifted at that other than maybe Kevin Love and um, trying to think who who else. Maybe I mean, I mean, Jetty's got some good some good ability there, too. But, you know, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of like plus passers on the team. So, I mean, and and Delhi is that guy, but he's also a guy that his other limitations limit his game so much that. Yeah. People sit on makes those it passes. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it hard. Yeah. Although I will say I have been impressed with Delhi's uh finishing ability around the basket. Like he's gone to the Tristan Thompson shoot school of jump jump hook in the I've I've noticed in the last couple weeks and he's yeah. definitely gotten better around the basket than he used to be. So I I don't know. What uh, anything to add on Garland, Simo? Yeah, I, it's a little bit facetious, but I would say a news resolution, uh, shave more. <laughs> um, because if you look at him up close, he's got such a baby face. And I think if he looks more baby faced, his opponents will take him less seriously. Nice. And he could do some damage. Get, get nice. that psychological edge. Yeah. That's right. Baby, baby face, face killer. killer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a real, uh, he's a real athlete. And I think he's got great court vision. And I think we saw a little bit of that in the last game. Um, I think he's getting more confident. So, Yeah, I, I think those are great points on Garland. I'm going to kind of take off on what EG said a little bit for uh, Colin Sexton and um, learn, to pa- learn to run the break. Learn that going at breakneck speed all the time is not necessarily the best way to run your break. Learn to pause at the free throw line. And then assess what the defense is doing and then either hit a cutter in the lane or use that pause to get the defense off balance and, and then go right into your shot. So yeah, learn, learn to, learn to pause at the free throw line. That's my New Year's resolution for Colin Sexton. So, and work on your jumper, obviously. I think Sexton, I think Sexton, if he, if he worked on it, could be a Pat Beverly type. He's got the mentality yeah, to do and it. I'm, yeah. He's got the physicality to do it. He just hasn't put it together yet. Yeah, like, I don't think he gets the mental aspect the way that PBEV does. But I've no. noticed the aggression and the angles he's taken and the you know ability to or the desire to shake on the challenge recently. So I totally see what you're saying there. I mean, he's not there. I mean, he's he's nowhere close to being there yet. Oh, and absolutely. I think that was part of the yeah. problem is that. You know, Ben mentioned it in in his piece, which I thought was really astute, is that he was touted as the you know even coming coming up with um, with Trey Young, where Trey Young was the offensive guard, and you know, and Sexton was the stopper who could you know who could put the clamps on guys like Young. And the truth is, yeah, I mean, he's just he's not that guy, and That's I think he got hyped. He is. Yeah, he got hyped as that guy. But he didn't really have the, the the full mentality or the tools to to be that guy yet. But like, look at a guy like like Marcus Smart, right? Marcus Smart didn't come out of college being the guy that was touted for his his defense and attitude. Oh, yeah. oh he did. No, that Marcus Smart was definitely a guy that they were talking about his defense out of college. I don't know. I I I, I always thought of Marcus Smart being more of the guy that was like the the floor general vision guy at least that's that's the write up that oh, I read on that's him fair. when he came out 
Yeah, offensively, yes, but defensively, a lot of people were like, he was all, even in college, he was built like a linebacker. Right. But that's the thing. Like, if you, if you look at it like that, if you want to be that guy, you got to figure out the steps to become that guy yeah. at this next, at this next level. Cause he's not. I mean, he, he lets guy way too often. He falls asleep on defense, gets caught watching guys, you know, takes, takes the wrong, will cover the wrong guy, will make the wrong switch. You know, I mean, there were a couple of times in the in that stretch when he came in for for Garland after Garland was was doing well, and then and the, the that sort of back to back foul that Beeline challenged and shouldn't have, but then the foul, the other foul on the other end, which he should have saved his challenge for, which wound up giving him <laughs> his was, fourth and fifth foul. That was such a disaster that challenge. I mean, uh, that's- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna get to Beeline in a minute, but um, well, but but yeah. but my point was is that he came in and all of a sudden guys were getting loose on the perimeter. You know, like like it just felt like he, you know, he wasn't he wasn't making the you know the the right rotations. So whereas Garland, even though he's not not built to stop anybody, typically has been making decent rotations when he doesn't get stuck on screens. Yeah, that's true. He seems to not both offensively and defensively not get the tunnel vision that Colin Sexton does. Yeah. yeah. Simo, anything to add on, on Colin Sexton? Uh, yeah. It related to the, I wasn't sure what to wish for him when it comes to getting blocked. Um, <laughs> Cause I think, I think when he gets blocked more than a couple of times in a game, it can affect his confidence. Okay. Um, and you can see him sort of change his game up and not necessarily in a good way. So I wonder, I don't know, is it, is it, I think it's what maybe touches on what you said, which is to assess the defense uh, first, have a look at who's around you. Um, you know, if, if they're double teaming you, if there's two huge guys in front of you, maybe don't try a layup Yeah. Um, and just, you know, look for a second option unless the clock's obviously running down because uh, look, I think he's, he's devastatingly quick, but I think sometimes he runs into situations where he's, he's overmatched. A bit too often. I think that's a great point because he is so fast. He can afford to take that, you know, fourth of a second or whatever to just stop and pause, you know, maybe a half second because he is so fast. He has that luxury. Like, and I also actually think of getting a, and that's the one thing Garland has that he doesn't is that herky jerky part of it. Yeah, change of speeds. Yeah. Yeah. That would really help him a lot. So, yeah. I love that analysis. What about uh, the other young guy, uh, Simo, uh, Kevin Porter Jr.? Oh, man. Look, uh, <laughs> New Year's resolution, keep doing what you're doing. He's, uh, <laughs> he's exciting. Um, I, like his, uh, I like his attitude. You know, yeah, the last too. game I watched play, which is, uh, yeah, the, the, last, the, the last they actually played, he, uh, he got annoyed with the referees, like I think we all were. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least he didn't he run did. into one and get suspended for a game. Yeah, no, he, he seems to to play with that that angry edge, which some players seem to rely on, um, without getting himself so far touchwood uh, into any kind of trouble. So, uh, yeah, look, I like the way he's headed. Uh, I'm not sure at this stage. I think he's exceeded my expectations. So, I, I think he's uh, he's on a good trajectory, and just just keep with it, young man. Nice, well put. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna add a thing to that. What about you? Yeah, Andy? no, I don't. I don't think so either. I I think you know he's been the or as as Simmons said a really nice surprise and yeah. Uh, I think you know he's just he's just an athlete. Like you watch him 
with the ball. And he, well, I think he needs to learn how to how to take care of the ball a little bit better. I mean, he's had some bad turnovers the last couple of games, but but um, most of the time they seem like errors of commission rather than omission. So I feel like you know he's again maybe just guilty of trying to do a little bit yeah. too much with and, the, and he is the limited time he's got on the floor. Of course. And that's the thing we have to all realize and keep in perspective is just how young a lot of these guys are. And that's why it's it's especially annoying when to see games where like Tristan is sort of jogging back on defense and they they get they get beat or, you know, or, uh, you know, or him and Kevin just sort of like not like just feeling like annoyed that, that they're not in the flow of the game. So then they kind of get taken out of it or the other night when I forget which game it was, but when love had all those turnovers and it was just sort yeah. of like, oh, this, I get it. If it's rookies, it, it, you, you get, you guys are, you guys are 10 year vets, like figure it out. Like, like be the, be the leaders, not just vocally, but on the floor, you know, and I'm sure they are. And I'm sure they take ownership of that stuff, but at the same time, like, you know, it's it's it, someone's got to teach these kids how to take care of the ball. So yeah. don't don't throw don't throw, you know, uh, full court chess passes, you know, when you're when you're up by, you know, when you when you're up by seven in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden it triggers a break the other way and it's a five point swing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's stuff like that that you just have to you have to wonder about. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think mindfulness for all the Cavs vets of, hey, you know, Patience. be be in the moment, but also take the long view of, you know, these guys are learning and they are going to emulate the way you act and what you do. So you've got to uh, you've got to take that view. I think mindfulness is definitely a, a, a good news New Year's resolution for all the Cavs vets. So, that, well, and it's such like a league of I mean, everybody wants so much success so quickly yeah in this league that you know everybody wants to snap judgment on on these guys and who they are right away and the truth is we just don't know and yeah. they don't oh, absolutely know. so i mean we talked about it a little with jordan clarkson i mean jordan clarkson's 27 now he he didn't get to the player he is now for like you know, seven, eight years. <laughs> it's yeah. Guys don't hit their NBA prime till 27. And we're talking about a 19 and a 20 year old. So yep. two, two 19 year olds, a 19, a 20 and a 21 year old. So last thing you want to do is yeah. trade, trade James Harden before he's James Harden. Right. Right. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. True. True story. Um, here's, here's a, uh, here's a good one. Um, so, John Henson, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a twofer here. John Henson and Matthew Delavadova. Um mm-hmm. Simo, what do you think? With both of them together? Uh geez. Well, you don't I... have to do them together. You can do them separate. Yeah. Just, I'm <laughs> okay, trying cool. to speed this up. It's uh, a big roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh we don't want this getting long in the tooth. So I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You you have uh, carte blanche. John uh, John Henson, uh I uh, the thing I love about <laughs> I think I love a lot of his game. Um, the thing I love the most is his, I wouldn't even call it a jump hook. It's just a hook. He just kind of spins yeah. on his heel and throws it in at an extremely flat angle. I think he could become like the stiff curry of that shot. I think I want to see <laughs> at least five attempts of the flattest hook shots he can possibly muster every game because I think it could become 
not just a scoring weapon for him, but Ooh, for a, an intimidation sorry. factor. Sorry, Luka Doncic just hit his head really hard on the floor, so I'm sorry I didn't mean to <laughs> to, to cut you off there. But I, I speaking of intimidation factor. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally I love the the hook shot comment. Um, E.G. Uh, John Hansen. Um, I mean, it kind of just more of the same. Like I, I, I think New Year's resolution just, um, just really work on on his role of anchoring that 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 defense on the second unit because he, I think he's he's shown some real flashes and there's another guy that has been injured a lot and his growth has been stunted by that. But you forget just how good of a shot blocker he is. I mean, we've said it before that. Cavs haven't really had a shot blocker in the middle like him for a very long time, maybe since early Z. So, you know, or maybe, you know, Ben Wallace, I guess. But, like, that's – you just it, – it's it's a commodity you can't underestimate to have somebody who – he changed so many shots in that Minnesota game. Yeah. Um, you know, that that it's not just the shot blocking. It's the – it's the, the – the possibility that 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 exists for that too that makes guys take shots that they aren't as comfortable with so yeah. it's no, a big, and, it's a big deal and it was it was uh he gets to shots that you don't think he has a shot a chance to get to like you think oh he just got beat and then oh crap he's back in the picture like he's just so long and he's just got such a great first leap that yeah. Yeah, it's really impressive, and a, a little bit I'm sad because I feel like the better he does at that role, the more likely he is going to get moved. But maybe I I really like his game. I like the attitude that he plays with. I'm super happy he's healthy. He's a guy I always liked with, in Milwaukee. So I'm, how old I'm, is he now? Is he thirty? Just turned twenty nine. Remember his birthday? Oh, okay, was, right. That's right. He's uh, right. He's he's just a shade older than Tristan. Yeah, his birthday was the Minnesota game. So. Um, uh, and Delhi, I know we're we're tackling two guys at once. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I, mean, I didn't let uh Simo go on Delhi, but we'll get back to him. Well, yeah, sure. well, we need. Yeah, Simo probably needs a good twenty minutes on Delhi. So <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. Just teasing you. Um, no, I, look, it's it's hard with Delhi because I I feel like he's he's a he's a solid bet on a losing team that um. You know, but it's a team he's connected to, and it's a team where he he can be a real leader. Where maybe he wouldn't be on. I, I don't feel like he was given that, afforded that opportunity in Milwaukee. It just felt like they had, like right when he got there, they've had like four other point guards that they they wound up signing, and just didn't seem like there was much of a place for him there. And I mean, look, his game has deteriorated offensively. So uh, I did I did notice the old Delhi though come out. Yeah, uh, in that that game against Minnesota, because it became that sort of rock fight, the low scoring. <laughs> you know, just, was it just, you that said, was it you, Simo, that said something about like this is where Delhi lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. and he's right, and he's right. I mean, that's that's those were the kinds of games he thrived at yeah. uh, during that that improbable Cavs playoff run in 2015. So, and that's that's his that's his uh, his wheelhouse and. You know, it, it it it's it's nice because he can. I really do think with him and Exum and KPJ and Henson, they can really really give that second unit an identity 
that's kind of a defense first identity. Yeah, and they yeah. just need one scorer that kind of can be that that Jordan Clark what Jordan Clarkson used to bring. So Yeah, I, I that's a great point on Delhi. My uh my point on Delhi will be cock the ball more. Um you know, bend your elbow more when you shoot, more wrist, more flick, higher, more spin on the jump shot. That's that's my jump shot mechanic. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, adv- New Year's resolution for Delhi. I think he just has way too much arm in his shot, and uh, it just kills him, especially when he's on the move. Uh, like when he comes on that break, like he had that one break three in the Minnesota game, and I don't know, yeah. like there was nobody who's ever watched Delhi that knew that was that. Nobody who watched Delhi had any confidence that was ever going to go in. He just. Was doing- Back irons that one all the time, and so yeah, more more Rick Flist, Rick Flist, wrist flick, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, a little more cock in the ball, and and get a little higher, more backspin. So that's, yeah. that's my new. What about you, Simo? What what do you I, got for Dilly? I think something that we we are probably overlooking. Uh, uh, he's got a newborn at home, right? Oh, and yeah. so do yeah. I, and I know how that affects. Like I, I'm. Um, a bit of a, an endurance runner myself, and I know that the the poor sleep that can go with a, a newborn can really impact your recovery and Absolutely. your rest. I don't know what his support network is like, um, but I suspect that maybe that's linked to um, some performances that haven't been what we've wanted. Um, so, yeah, number one for him, make sure he's getting good rest. And then number two, I don't care how ugly his jump shot is. I want him to reverse. I want him to hop in a time machine and go back to his ugliest, most effective three-point shot. Um, bring back the ugly shot because it seemed to work better for him. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I, I'll 100% agree with you on the first one. I'll disagree <laughs> on the second one just because as a guy who shot a lot of jump shots over the years, once you go start going one direction, it's really hard to go back the other direction. <laughs> so. Um, not nearly as many as anybody on this team, but yeah, it's, it, it is difficult, but, um, Brand, uh, I don't like that one. Uh, Larry Nance, Larry Nance is a good one. Uh, EG, Larry Nance. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to start with Larry Nance and the, the resolution is, is be aggressive. Start looking for your shot more. Be aggressive. Get in the post. You know, really the same stuff we talked about with Chetty Osmond. You know, get in the post. Look for your shot. Don't be afraid to shoot. Be aggressive. That's my New Year's resolution for Larry. EG? I mean, I get the whole wanting him, turning him into a three-point shooter, but it pulls him away from the back. Like, I'm to the point now where... Sure. If he's open, you know, if he's open, he can, you know, pop out. If you can, it can run plays like design plays like that, where you're, you're just trying to get Nance free on the wing to, you know, to, to get him a good, a good look at something. Great. But if it, the problem, the biggest problem with it for me is that it pulls him away from the basket and out of his, where, cause he's an excellent rebounder and he can, he can be a very good shot blocker as well, but he can't do that from 25 feet. You know what I mean? Like, so I think you got to, my, my resolution would be, you know, say, find that, split the difference, find the happy medium between, you know, the, the always be looking for your three point shot versus, Hey, we, we actually need you to be, you know, either 
either making passes out, out of you know off the you know off the post or or crashing the boards and really becoming a a defensive force. Like I I'd have him hang out with with Henson. Like really really have him you know work on that aspect of his game about being a shot you know a shot redirector and you know and and really kind of uh, affecting affecting those shots defensively. Nice, uh, Simo. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the aggressive side of things. I think he needs to boost that. I don't know if you guys uh, remember the dunk, but uh, it was I was reminded of a dunk that he did with the Lakers. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, dunk, the one he, the dunk of the year almost yeah. that year. I just watched yeah. that the other day. That was still amazing. He just got nominated to be in the top twenty of the the decade. I think I can't remember who he went over, but uh, I I was stunned when I saw it. I think I was watching that game at the time, and um, I haven't seen a huge amount of that sort of aggressiveness. It may not be what he's being asked to do with the Cavs, but I think he might. I think he should look for that because I don't. I don't think he's got the same strength that TT has under the basket to to hold people out. Um, and look, I've been pleased to see that he hasn't fouled as much as he as he used to. I think he, he got in a lot of foul trouble last season, so he's taken care of that. But uh, I um, I wonder if he might be better used as a as an offensive weapon. I got a second um, EG's thought. I, I like seeing him shoot a few threes, but not as a I don't think he should be boosting it as a project. I think, um, yeah, I think shot blocking and, and aggressive um, fast break plays uh, are, where, are where Larry's really going to shine. Nice. Uh, uh, just as an aside, uh, that was over Kevin Durant, that, that monster dunk he had. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> Who? Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. Who's that? <laughs> is, that yeah. A, is that a guy in the league? Kyrie's buddy. Who? <laughs> um, does he play? Does he still play? <laughs> he did, I don't know. Um, Do either of them still play basketball <laughs> at all, ever? DeAndre Jordan's buddy. <laughs> okay. No, you could say I was setting you up to say who again. <laughs> oh yeah, who? Who? Yeah, I don't know. Is DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan who? I don't think he's getting off the pine much these days. So, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that DeAndre Jordan is now is become a total fraud? Shocking. Well, not a fraud, but just like, what's he doing? Yeah. Like, why did he join? I mean, I guess money. Because they were paying him. Like, he basically got a lot of money by being KD and Kyrie's friend. (laughs) But, like, wasn't wasn't Brooklyn, like, way better last year before these guys decided all show up? Well, and that's why they're better when Kyrie's hurt. (laughs) Kyrie's played 11 games this year. Yeah, and they've been better without him. I mean, their best player this this season has been um, Spencer Dinwiddie. So... Yeah, yeah. Who, who plays the same position? Yeah, been a borderline all star this year. So I think he will be an all star. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I just gotta repeat that. Eleven game. games he's played. <laughs> Eleven. What, I'm what, sure what, he would have what, something to say about that. Something woke for sure. Very much woke. What were you what, saying? What, what's wrong with him? A shoulder injury? Yeah, he had a shoulder, shoulder impingement, and now he's got more stuff wrong with him. He is a shoulder impingement. <laughs> yeah, I what's the new one? Uh it's not been cleared. He's two past weeks past. Uh his shoulder injury lingers is the uh Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. You know what you know what his shoulder injury is called? <laughs> waiting on Kevin Durant disease. <laughs> the waiting the, on KD. The why why should I why should I injure myself more if Kevin's not gonna be here? 
the yeah. the the job the job uh the job I've ma- I've made a huge mistake move. Kyrie, so there's now so the, many. Now, the, now the, the Celtics are so much better without me. There's so many Kyrie articles. Like, Kyrie's peculiar net silence may go beyond shoulder injury, reports claim. Of course, I love that the New York Post, Post is trolling Kyrie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it, it is so classic. Yeah, it, it's definitely, there's a guy who who peaked in 2016. I'll just call it right now. He uh, he remains the the one NBA jersey that I actually own, so it's uh, it's kind of <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and he's got that Australia history. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah he it's, does. it's definitely an odd one. I don't know. They still play him over here. They they talk about all the NBA players uh, that are Australian that play in the league, and that he's still listed. Yeah, in that league, he was born there, right? Quite, he was, and I guess he he probably still holds a passport. Um, but uh, wait, I thought he was an American Indian. No, that. Well, he, he no, he was born in Australia because his dad was playing there. Yeah. Because when he didn't make the Celtics, remember? Oh right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So speaking of Mer- Mercurial, although I've I've been much more pleased with him of late. Uh, Kevin Love, um, New Year's resolution Simo. Hmm. Tricky one. So I, I, I've, he's on my Instagram feed. He seems to spend a lot of time uh, playing with his dogs. <laughs> um, and it, it, it appears like he lives in New York in, in the in the off season. Is that correct? I think he lives in California, but I think he lives kind of everywhere. Yeah, right. He's all over the place. He lives um, wherever wherever Banana Republic pays for. Yeah, and <laughs> wherever his girlfriend wants to be. So. Yep. My my yeah. wife follows his Instagram and his girlfriend's Instagram, so right. so I get all the updates. Yeah, so I I wonder. Look, he had a, a huge off season. He said he he seemed to do uh, an incredible amount of uh, travel, uh, an amazing holiday. Um, he seemed to have come back in relatively good shape. Um, but I, I wonder, and he had a good start to the season. But I just I wonder where his head's at. He seems very popular. He's always joking around with the guys. But I wonder if he's really, is he really here showing a, you know, uh, being a real leader for the team? I, I wonder, I wonder if he's, if he's really embracing that role at the moment or is he, or is he a bit distracted? I don't know. I suspect that he's a little bit distracted. Um, maybe by a trade talk, everybody, every single announcer of every single game I watch, particularly the away announcers, um, seem to want to talk about Kevin's trades all the time. Um, and I, I, I don't know how he can shut that out. So I wonder that if he's if he really wants to be in Cleveland, uh, maybe spend more time here and um, really embrace the embrace the city like previous uh, Cleveland Suns haven't. Uh, interesting. E.G. Uh, um, probably the same as as Tristan. Like just patience with the young guys and um, just maybe a little more um, recognition of. What what it that it's not just lip service. It's it's actually being a being a vocal leader on the court and leading by example wherever possible with trying. these guys. It's trying, yeah, for for sure. I mean, look, it's got to be tough. The guy. Oh, it's tough to watch it, let alone I mean, play with it. Sometimes you know, I am of two minds about it because on one hand, I'm like, well, you know, it sucks because everybody kind of left him here. 
mm-hmm. you know, and now he's now he's on a team that's you know rebuilding yeah. when you know and he's the and he's the big his name's always been pretty much ever since he got drafted his name's been associated with trade talks and now he's you know that continues so it must be difficult but then again he's got 120 million reasons why it shouldn't be difficult so you know it's a lot of he's well paid to be essentially a a mentor on a rebuilding team until until he's not until he's you know until yeah. he's the right deal can be found for you know to send him to a place and i think the cavs i think the cavs will do right by him like i think i think they probably had opportunities to trade him to lesser teams that might have been like I, there was a lot of buzz about no no pun intended or maybe pun intended about charlotte last year and it's like well you could do it i mean it's sort of it's sort of a lateral move really because it's not like Charlotte's any great shakes. I mean, they started the year well, but they've since fallen back to the pack. It feels like so. You know, I mean, there was a way to get him back to Portland that made sense for everybody. You know, that that might be nice for him, or a way for him to wind up in L.A. Although both both L.A. teams are pretty pretty capped out right now, so I, I just don't see either one having the the amount of salary required to you know to make that that work out um you know or a denver somewhere somewhere that's that's or a dallas you know somewhere that's that could use his skills and abilities that's also a team that's that's a little bit closer to contention um given the fact that he's what 31 now so you know i mean he's he's given his injury history and and uh you know, just just the other interest he's got outside of basketball. It seems like I, I can't imagine. I could see Kevin Love retiring at thirty four, thirty five, and just saying, "I've had enough." You know, that's that's good. I'm good. I mean, I think his contract goes through when he's thirty five. So I think you'll definitely see him get uh, to that to that point. But uh, yeah, maybe not much much farther than that. Um, my my Kevin Love New Year's resolution is you know just mindfulness like we talked about earlier and then also my New Year's resolution for the NBA is let's talk about the product on the floor and less about what's not going on and 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 you know embrace the game rather than the game around the game you know you wonder why TV ratings that ship may have sailed. Fortunately, I I know, but I can dream. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, people don't watch games to have trade talks. They go on Twitter to have trade talks. You know, uh, focus on other things. Focus on what you know is actually going on in the game, and and make it a compelling product. Uh, you know, that's my resolution for the league. Really, is this like? I mean, if you watch that Minnesota. Uh, Cleveland game. It's like, you know, that should be the NBA's focus right now. Adam Silver, that should be his number one job is improving the quality of the product on the floor because there are nights that it is abysmal. And well, but I mean, that's the hard part is that when you've got, I mean, I don't know about Love's injury, but certainly Cat's injury is legitimate and Wiggins was, oh, had all the those flu. guys. Yeah. You know, so I mean, when you got no, those three I, guys, I agree missing, with that. But when you combine that with, ridiculously bad officiating 
you know. Well, yeah, there, there is that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's what I'd be focusing on. Make, make the product on the floor better. You know, and, and that should be their focus with the officials is the, the officials should be tasked with a, you know, it is your job to try to police the game, but also make the product on the floor a compelling game to watch. I mean, some of these travel calls are ridiculous. Uh, well, that, also the, yeah. you know, this whole, this whole like la- last two minute thing, yeah. report is, is because it's public, it's become, it's become the sort of like, you know, it's it's the blame game, but it, but it, instead of instead of using that internally to hold to hold officials accountable for the decisions they're making or not making, it's just public. It's just it's just fodder. It's almost for like we media. don't have to make it accountable because we issued this two minute report. Right. That's our mea culpa. It's sort of the excuse rather yeah. than the rather it's, than the, oh, whoops, the we got it wrong <laughs> measuring stick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, what what about you, uh, Simo? Any New Year's resolutions for the NBA as a whole? Yeah, well, it's it's along the lines of the officiating. I don't know what they do about the uh, the excessive amount of reviews that happen late in the game. Um, I made the mistake of, of listening to us, Ben Simmons, not Ben Simmons. Um, what's his name from uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Simmons? Simmons. <laughs> yeah, podcast with uh, Windhorse. I love it. I'm not uh, the one screwing up names today. <laughs> I did it for you, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he had Brian Windhorst on, and they were talking about the 2016 championship game, and they broke it down. It was really fun to, to listen to. But they, they made the point that that final two minutes of the championship game is so watchable and rewatchable, not just for Cavs fans, because there were no uh, reviews. Yeah. So for some reason, the whistles just they, they put them away. They weren't any egregious fouls, probably, and, and lucky well, that it was. I mean, they had the there was an egregious foul, but it was correctly called. Okay. You know, the the uh, Draymond Green foul on what it would have been the greatest dunk of all time by LeBron James. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still very watchable for that for that reason. Um, I just, you know, if there had been three or four reviews, it would have killed the the excitement. Um, now there was a game that the Cavs were involved in a little while ago. I can't remember which one it was. Um, oh, yeah. and the, I, I remember the, the one. Yeah, David Wood recapped it. Yeah, that's right. It was it, it was just ridiculous. Um, and you know, uh, I'm not sure if they lost any viewers over it, but it uh, yeah, it, it took the the gloss of it for me. So if they could uh, figure out a a faster way to to work through that kind of stuff, I think uh, it was still, the Hornets game. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. 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 So how, how do they how do they keep that perceived fairness and quick decision making? Oh no, no. It was it was the that. Brooklyn game on the twenty sixth of November. So yeah, right. I I hundred percent agree with you. I'll actually. Oh, hey, go did Kyrie with... play that game? Ah, uh, no, he did not. <laughs> oh, really? That's weird. Uh, I'll kind of go a step further. The the NBA they need to speed up the game, and there's some really simple things they can do. Uh, to keep the intensity up and keep that going, one of the things is get rid of jump balls. Just go to an alternating possession arrow like um, mm-hmm. in college. Jump balls are so dumb. They're the dumbest play in the NBA. Like, the only time you should ever have a jump ball is the beginning of a game and the beginning of an overtime. Like, uh, the rest of the time, just go to this, you know, alternating possession. I also think until the last two minutes of each half, uh, one free throw for two points. You know, uh, and one free throw to the last minute of each half for, um, 
over the last two minutes of each half for uh, for a foul on the three-point line. That's only worth yeah. two points. Uh, stop rewarding these guys for flopping on the three-point line. So those yeah. are my those are my other two fixes. Huh. <laughs> what about you, EG? Anything for the NBA? I mean, I don't know. Like, stop thinking about midseason tournaments and you know, <laughs> and worrying about that, and start thinking about like, you know, what like like what you're saying. Like, like worry about the product on the floor instead of. Yeah. How are we going to make these teams, you know, happy? Because the truth is, the parity is back yeah. in the East. The East has got better teams than the West now. Yeah, top to bottom, the East is better. Yeah, yeah, and that's why this idea of reseeding. Uh, I, first of all, owners hate it because why? If you're an East owner, would you want to reseed? Um, and you know, why would you want these teams flying across the country for the last two rounds all the time? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, I had so did you guys see my idea about how to redo the All Star game? Of yeah, the 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 multiple like the different four the four, four different seven teams. member teams and just play two ten minute halves on Friday for for a semifinal and two ten minute halves on uh set Sunday for a final. What what do you think of that? I think that'd sure. be fun. Anything would be better than what they have now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would, at this point, I would do away with the game and just have it be the, just have the, the different skills things and have it be a fun weekend for, you know, for the, for the guys that, that get picked. And look, to your point, like, I mean, whether it's, whether it's that or like a, like a big, like a big three on three tournament or something, you know, just something, something I, that's I don't fun. like the three on three tournament idea just because the, you know, I I just don't think that's NBA basketball, but yeah, but, but yeah, I neither, mean, neither is the current yeah. All Star game. So whatever. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. So uh, any so I'm not going to go into like uh, Ante Zizic or Alfonso McKinney or uh, <laughs> I will. Okay, no. Don, Dante Exum. Any you guys got any quick New Year's resolutions for early. Dante Exum? Too early. Too early. I, okay. I would say for for Dante and. Dylan Windler, just for both of them, just uh, get healthy. I know Dante is, but stay healthy, uh, and let's let's find out that's what you good. can do. That's good no, stuff. Nice, nice. Health. I'm not going to argue with either of those. <laughs> E.G. John Beeline, New Year's resolution. <sighs> that's a John tough one. Beeline. I gotta say, I would stop trying to. It, it, what's that? The what did LeBron tell Kevin Love? Stop, stop trying, trying to, to fit, fit in. Fit in. Yeah. Or yeah, just yeah, fit out. Yeah, just fit. Stop trying yeah, to fit stop out. Stop trying to fit, fit in. in. Yeah. It was fit in. No, stop trying to fit in, just fit out, right? No, the other way around. Stop trying the other to way fit around? out and just fit in. Right. I mean, uh, he he's been fine, but like this this he's, this is a weird hang up with the you know, with these these challenge calls and I almost feel like it's that it's that wrinkle that they've added that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but you know, it's just one of those like uh, another note for the NBA like we don't need this like coaches yeah. challenge I mean that's unless the coaches are like clamoring for that which yeah, it I can't, feels can't imagine they are gimmicky yeah but yeah. that's you know like watching Beeline out there like I, I do think he makes it I mean I do think he makes adjustments I mean he certainly makes more adjustments than Ty Lue ever did but yeah. um, 
You know, I mean, I, I mean, compared a to that, better but, in a press conference than Ty Lue ever was. Oh, I mean, it's be hard not to be, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's just got a same kind of thing. Just, just stop trying to be, you know, just, just be yourself. Do your, do, do the job and coach these kids up. Yeah. Right. Like they need to be coached up. They, I know you're one of, you want to win games. Obviously that's always, that's always a big deal, but there's a lot of teachable moments that are going to happen this year yeah. that have happened already this year. And I, you know, I mean, we don't hear a lot about it. I, I hope that that's, that, that that's happening. Yeah. Happening. But sometimes you wonder if it's happening with the long of a leash is, you know, some of these guys get. And... Well, yeah. I mean, the Sexton thing in particular makes, yeah. uh, makes me scratch my head a little bit, but, um, yeah, like, yeah. I got, oh. Like I said, the fact that Kevin Love only got 16 shots last game with as insanely hot as he was, was or, or against the Celtics, was just nuts. It's like, how do you only get a guy that's that's ridiculously hot? Only, only. Now I didn't watch shots. the game, but it may be that, that I mean, look, Boston's a pretty good defensive team. Well, that's true. The I mean, they were taking defensive away, teams in but... the league, so I'm sure they're. I'm sure that President Stevens' plan is to take away Kevin Love wherever possible. I'm sure, but. But to that end, like you, then you gotta be smarter and design plays to get it, the ball to him. Yeah. So uh, while while I've got you on the subject, any New Year's resolutions for the Cavs front office? Kobe Altman, uh, you know Dan Gilbert. Yeah, Kobe Altman should should stop talking to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a special relationship there. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get that. Like, mm. there's nobody else to get from Utah. Kobe, <laughs> stop. The well is dry. Yeah, like what are you doing, man? <laughs> okay, uh, Simo, any any New Year's resolutions for John Beeline? Yeah, not not really. I, I I don't really, I don't have a feel for what he's doing with the with the the younger guys on the team yet. Um, I can only surmise that because we've seen people like KPJ progressing uh, and Garland progressing in the right direction rather than being you know, used too much and getting their confidence smashed by, you know, coming up against tough opponents with too many minutes. Um, I, I can only assume that he's, he's doing the right thing there. Um, I don't know that. So, yeah, he's really still a, a, a mystery to me. So, yeah, I don't think I can give any advice. I do like, based on what you, um, from just going off what you just said, Simo, I do like his minutes distribution. I feel like he's not overextending anybody. No, the way that the way that the tie used to ride guys like, yeah, yeah, almost. In, although in some ways, I feel like he's gone too far the other direction. I'd really like to see more minutes for like Chetty Osman. Um, yeah, but if he's not going to be aggressive, well, I don't know yeah, how you can. But he's also you know what I mean, like that's part of that's part of that's on Jetty. Part yeah. of that's on Jetty being saying, I need the ball more. I need to be out there more. That's part of the, the aggressiveness yeah. we hope for him in the new year. It's the. Give me an edge. Say go. Say to Beeline, put me in, Coach. Yeah. I want to be in there. I I let me run the let, run the offense through me. I can do this. Yeah. yeah, and well, and analytically, he's the best player on the team. And and I know you're not a big you know plus minus analytics guy, eg. But I mean, I feel like consistently it passes the eye test that he's probably the most consistent guy on the team in his role. I mean, yes, but then he makes these crazy bonehead decisions where he doesn't really look like he knows what yeah. he wants to do with the ball. And that's all about, 
not even aggressiveness, just assertiveness. Yeah. Right. Just be, know who you are, know what you want to do. Stick to the plan. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, like, don't try to be the guy that does everything. Be the guy that's like, that's really great at, at those couple of things that you're really great at and really, really work on, on making that happen in different, different times of the game. And instead of disappearing, cause he'll disappear. Oh yeah. And some of that's, some of that's Sexton and, you know, and, and Garland or whomever not looking for him enough or when Clarkson was on the team. But some of that's him just not, not yeah. demanding the ball and saying, well, or, or, and, or going and getting the ball on defense. You know? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Semo, anything to add on the Cavs front office, Kobe Altman? New Year's resolution? Uh, not really. Not really. I'd, I'd second uh, that the well is dry in Utah uh, without <laughs> plucking any all-stars uh, off their lineup, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, no, look, I've, I've been pretty impressed with uh, with Kobe uh, over the journey. I don't think he's um, I don't think he's making I don't think he's made too many errors from what was probably possible for for him to pull off. Um, I think we were all pretty impressed with uh, some of the trades he pulled off last year. Um, so yeah, no, keep keep doing what you're doing and keep keep trying to impress us. Cool. Um, mine, uh, mine for uh, John Beeline, uh, I got a twofer. Figure out how the damn challenge system works because you seem really befuddled by it. And then <laughs> um, I would also say, um, you know, pull the plug on the Sexland experiment um, and and move uh, one of those guys to the bench. Uh, and then for Kobe Altman, it would be... When you say one of those guys, you mean Sexton, right? I, I, I think Sexton is the guy probably at this point just because the bench desperately is going to need a scorer. I mean, you saw it last game. You saw it against Boston, for sure. And uh, the, the bench needs a scorer. Right. And uh, Garland can be that guy, too. I mean, he was that guy. Yeah. He was that guy, you know, in the third to the fourth quarter when yeah. he was taking it. You know, he was, he was really kind of taking over. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it actually, actually, actually would say that if you're not going to start KPJ next to next to Garland, mm-hmm. then I'd almost say then move Garland to the second unit so that the two of them yeah. can play together. Because they, really yeah, they, to, they really seem to they really seem to have nice good chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. yeah, and and Garland and Sexton seem to have the worst chemistry of any two players on the team. Like they feel like it feels like they both make each other worse. But they're the same guy. But just doing yeah. things in different ways. Yeah, you see, I, what, you know what I mean. Like they're the same height, they're the same. Oh, they, they just, have the same instinct about scoring. I think that's why it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's why it doesn't work. Is is yes. that exact reason? <laughs> it's they're they're so similar, they're just in each other's way. Well, remember when when it was Kyrie and Dion? <laughs> and <laughs> how could I? It not? was uh, well. I'm just saying, like it feels a little bit like that. But okay. it was a lot more acrimonious with the two of them, given yeah. their personalities, than yeah, indeed, these they... two. These two, you know, like nineteen and and twenty year old kids who seem like super nice guys when you hear them interviewed after the game. Yeah, they're definitely not Kyrie and Dion from a personality standpoint. Who are two of the more unique guys that have been in the association no, but in the last that that dozen first years. two years, like Kyrie and Dion, just kept getting just got in their way. Yeah, each each other, and they 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 couldn't stand passing the ball to the other one. Yeah, and the only solution to that was to play one or the other with with uh, Delhi. <laughs> yeah. 
Which Can is kind of the solution now. Yeah. The 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 only NBA game I ever got to see was in Cleveland, and it was the Dion and Kyrie show, and it was god awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll say that for Kobe Altman. Um, you know, no more short point guards. Um, develop well, he players. Have, he may not have any um, choice in that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you saying? He may not have any choice in that. Yeah. Given who the owner is, but. Uh, you can't tank your way to success. That that's you know, get better now. Draft the players that you can draft and develop them. Take the you know Raptors model. Don't take the Sixers model. Let's hope they're this year's uh, New Orleans and wind up wind up getting you know finishing like tenth and you know tenth from the bottom, but but still in the lottery and then getting like. Like getting the best odds, beating the odds, and you know, yeah. getting uh, what's his name that that tall kid, Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know about Wiseman. Um, we'll see what. No this, one does. Yeah, would he play like four games? Yeah, we'll see what this next season brings. <laughs> well, the Cavs have a history of drafting guys who've only played like four or fourteen games. So. Yeah, no. It's, yeah. It's, uh, well, the first first one worked out for the most part. I mean, they helped get him a championship. Second guy looks like he's on his way, so yeah. it's not the worst thing. So uh, I feel like we got to wrap this up because uh, you know Simo's got a sleeping kid, and uh, I don't, I don't know right. how long that's going to last. Uh, he's he's not sleeping now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Simo, uh, you got anything to pitch? Uh, any personal New Year's resolutions? Anything you want to add? Uh, I could pitch um, the new series of uh, the marvelous Mrs. Marzell. Oh Maisel? yeah, Maisel is. Uh, yeah, Maisel. Uh, as as Kevin I'll, Pollock I'll, says many times in the show. <laughs> he does. Um, yeah, look, I love the first two series. I couldn't wait for the third one to come out, and I've just started into it. So it's my thing. It's uh, what I'm sneaking off to do every time I get a spare moment, uh, nice. which is which is not that often. So it'll only take me about a month to get through it. Oh. But, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for that. So, um, yeah, and, yeah, no, that's probably, that's probably about it. I, I, I've got a... Just do a, a, a retrospective review of um, of the Watchmen uh, versus the Mandalorian. I think I, I was talking about about this with someone on the blog previously. Like I was, I was waiting for the Mandalorian to come out very excitedly, but I was I was blown away at how much better the Watchmen was. Um, Interesting. Interesting. So we're we're big fans of sci-fi in this household, uh, so I, I, I don't have to force my wife to sit down and watch it. And we both we both came to the same same conclusion. But we're also big fans of um, Mrs. Mizell. Yeah. Okay. I thought I actually thought the Mandalorian ended really well, but yes. um, but I w- I'm with you on the on the Watchmen. I was very skeptical about the series, having been I was a fan of the of the film, uh, even though a lot of people you know are sort of mixed on Zack Snyder and his vision. But um, but I did like I liked the way they cast it. I liked I liked what they did with it, and you know, giant squid aside. Um, you know, stop, which actually, stop. which actually, they did a great. No, no spoilers. It's I'm not a spoiler. It if you, I know. I read the comic. I know the giant squid. You haven't seen the Watchmen from from like the movie. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was. I thought you were saying the giant. No, squid. No, no, no. I'm referring the to the. I'm referring okay. to the giant squid in the in yeah. the in the the movie. In the comic, not the movie, because the giant yes. squid wasn't in because the movie. the movie. I know it was supposed yeah. to be in the movie. It wasn't the movie because. <laughs> studio said they wouldn't that it shouldn't have been in the movie so that's <laughs> the way it was um anyways i'm Sorry. saying like they actually do a really nice job in this series of 
because I really wasn't sure where they were going at first, but I'm with Simo. Like it as it came together, and in hindsight, man, you get to those last few episodes, and you're like, this is this is kind of brilliant. So. Well, and now you're making me. I got to get HBO again because I'd gotten rid of it. But my my oldest's favorite show is Last Week Tonight, so we know we got to get it back anyway. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to go get HBO. Nice. Um, and and I loved The Mandalorian. I thought uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved the format. You know, thirty to forty minutes for a show because I feel like an hour is just too much sometimes. I yep. thought. Carl Weathers was fantastic. Um, Carl Weathers was really great in the second season of Colony, which was a USA sci-fi show, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, uh, it, it was just a lot of fun. And it didn't take itself too seriously, obviously. Uh, but uh, it, it was it's probably, and I haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, or The Rise of Skywalker yet. But oh, yeah, probably don't call it that. Probably what the the Rise of Skywalker should have been. <laughs> so, <anyway>. yes, <laughs> yeah. And I'll uh, um, any anything to pitch, eg. Um, yeah, I don't recommend seeing uncut gems, but uh, unless you like people shouting at each other, but oh. uh, yeah, see, I don't know. See, that's my fear because. Spanglish was an Adam Sandler movie that was a drama, and it's one of my, my and my wife is an enormous Adam Sandler fan. Like until the god awful Netflix movies came out, she literally watched everything Adam Sandler ever made. And yeah. Spanglish is my least favorite movie of all time. I I find it torturous to watch, and that's what I my fear of uncut gems was like is just Adam Sandler yelling at people. Like I was involved in, um. Punch Drunk Love, okay, and which I like. That's still nice. my, one of my favorite performances of his, yeah, because it was the first and it was so different and and just really, it was really just interesting, yeah. But um, and I can't remember who his co-star was. I know I can well, see her face, uh, but Emily, I don't know her name. Yeah, it was Emily, uh, not Mortimer, the other one. Um, anyway, it was a long time ago, but um, <laughs> now I got to look it up. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Like it's interesting. The Safdie brothers are interesting filmmakers, but it was really just like, I mean, if you want a movie about people that you just can't stand, <laughs> Emily Watson. Emily Watson, yeah, yeah. Um, that are just shouting at each other for about about 110 minutes, then you know, that's your movie. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, that was an anti-pitch. Give me, give me uh, something you liked. Uh, well, I think Simo took all mine. Um, I mean, I, I love the way that Mr. Robot ended. Uh, yeah, I don't you, think you we talked that about that. Time. But well, I pitched it like it was coming up. But oh, okay, you hadn't seen it. I don't think it had. Yeah. Sorry, so I, I can't remember that. when I've talked to that's you okay. or emailed or no, you know how okay. it goes. <laughs> uh, I like. I thought that was great. I thought Mandalorian was great. I thought. Uh, I thought, um, you know, Watchmen was great. Have you seen Knives Out yet? I won't. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't patronize, I don't patronize, uh, Ryan Johnson's stuff. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just leave it at that. Um, the, uh, um, so my pitch, I finished, uh, the third season of The Expanse. Uh, some, and I don't, have you, I know you're a big sci-fi fan. Have you seen The Expanse, Simo? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. except this, this last one. Yep. Yeah, it it's good in parts. I I don't love it. Um, the guy from 1917, um, I can't remember his name now. It's going to drive me nuts. Sam, um, I think it was Sam Mendez. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sam Mendez. Um, no. Uh, George Mc... Yeah. Now it's going to drive me nuts. Okay. See, this is me screwing up names. <laughs> if you've made it this far in the podcast, um, take a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is, this is, you may feel more at home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but, uh, ah, it's going to drive me nuts now. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, that anyway. guy, he plays a bad guy. He plays a really good bad guy. Um, he's a little over the top. Um, they made some interesting casting and story choices, but they're also based on books, so it's hard to get get too far from that. It was okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what... Oh, that's what I was going to pitch. Uh, so I'm going to pitch the um, video game from Firaxis Studios. Uh, it's been out a couple years ago, years now, but XCOM 2, which is a squad-based, uh, turn-based combat shooter uh, set in the future... Um, a strategy game, uh, really a lot of fun. I love the genre and the, uh, new, the new game or that game is just the best in the genre I've ever played. I've, I've, I've played it for about nice. six, eight hours now and it's a lot of fun. The, the way they do the graphics whenever your soldier takes a shot, they do like an action view when he takes a shot and it, it's, it's really cinematic. It's really well done. So, um, nice. and there's a, whole boatload of expansions for it and i don't know if it's still on sale but the whole collection of all the expansions and everything was for sale for 25 bucks on steam so so check that out and that's that's my pitch so nice and uh when do the Cavs play again eg i think they play friday tomorrow night oh tomorrow night night, the last game of the year of the decade yeah oh and that was i mean i think we all for Cavs decade i don't think any of us would um, argue on what the number one moment was. Uh, right. I think it's nope. the buzzer going off, but it, <laughs> it's been a pretty awesome decade of Cavs fandom. I mean, we've had a, a, a pretty awesome run. So a and, lot has happened. And CTB is, is kind of been there for the whole, not kind of has been there for the whole thing. So, uh, keep watching, keeps listening and have an awesome 2020, everybody. And, uh, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. And thanks, Simo. And thank you, my Simo. Oh, Thanks, yeah, mate. Yeah. Totally my pleasure. I thought it was going to be a disaster. It's actually been a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> well, that that if, if it was going to be a disaster, it would have been a fun fun disaster. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire.